I want to thank Susie and Menachem again for for opening their house, for learning. And the house should always be filled with divertar and with simcha, and and bracha. We're on page Mem Vav, Vavavi Mishkan Evne. The page that you have, we'll do in a few minutes. That's from one of the svarim that I mentioned to you last that I mentioned to you last week. That the author of, of Bilvavi has put out over the past. Uh, two months, three swarm, other, three other swarm, and everything in the other sefer is filling in and, and complementing and building what's in Bilvavi Mishkan Evna. So we'll see in a minute. Look at page Mem Vav Ais Nun Dalit. Even though it seems this Nakuda remembering, remembering Hashem, thinking about Hashem. Even though this seems to be so obvious and so simple, and the kudeliska sheyesh bari la'elam kolazman, to always keep in mind, to always, always be mindful of that, that there's a creator of the world. Even though it's so simple, shein daviyose baru mimena, there can't be anything that's clearer than that. Kach harichuk shel haadam mikach gadol. To that degree that we would say it's so simple, it's so obvious, that's how far a person is. From thinking about this and from remembering it, that's how far. Hadam yochalul my Torah, rov shows ha'imama. A person can sit and learn Torah, the majority of the hours of the day. The lirdayif acha maisei chesed rab, and it could be a person who's constantly running after good things, to do good things, to do all kinds of chesadim. Person who's busy mamish all the time doing tayvis and chesadim. And he's completely observant of all the mitzvahs, the ones that are the, the, the those mitzvahs that appear to us to be less less um, monumental in their importance, and the ones that are the, that are the most chashuv mitzvahs. This person is careful of all of them. And calls us, and with all of that, and despite all of that, haadam kimat veina choshev klal Kimat, he doesn't think at all. About Hashem, <coughs> he doesn't remember with whom does he does he have this business? What is this business? Who is who is this business for? That he's doing his whole life, running and doing and helping and fixing and this and that and for a friend and a tovin for nabachashiva and and then all the everything everything everything, and he doesn't think about. In me yeshlo Isaac. Who is his business with? Who is he Isaac with? In me yeshlo Isaac. And here he's, he brings a line from the Chazayin Ish. It's that another one of those that, that have to be put up onto the refrigerator. Ukvar Kosova Chazayin Ish, Igeris Hadrachim Ufaretis Ladam. The Chazayin Ish wrote a letter of guidance to a person. Ubesaifa, and at the end of this letter that the Chazayin Ish wrote, Kosov. And the main thing is to remember before whom you are making all of this effort. For whose sake you are making all of this effort. I think that we have Rabbi Nachman's became a famous song, so he was able to achieve such uh, such uh, fame among right? Not to be afraid. The main thing is not to be afraid. I think this 
uh, we'll need somebody to write a beautiful niggin for it. But the ikr is to remember before whom you are doing all of this, for whose sake you're working so hard. Amelus means making an effort. Before whom and for whose sake? Climber. Adam Yachalias Amel, a person can be working hard. Working hard. I'm talking about Navadis Hashem, doing all kinds of mitzvahs and learning and davening and so on. And he has a specific path, you know, he follows this particular path of this way in serving Hashem. And he has all kinds of, he has all kinds of hadrachis, meaning all types of, uh, all methods, means and methods of, of, of following that path in Yiddishkeit. But the main thing could be missing. If we don't remember for whose sake and before whom we're doing all of these things. A person says to himself, What are you talking about? I don't, you, you don't think I know for whom I'm doing all this and why I'm doing all this? I don't know. Of course I remember. It is clear to me, the absolute, absolute clarity, that, that all that I'm doing is, is for Hashem's sake. And, and, and in his presence and before him. So a person can go his whole life saying, What kind of a silly thing? What do you have to tell me such a thing? You think, I don't know. Of course I know. So the tzaddik here says, In order to understand the nature of the mistake in saying such a thing, and making it seem like, Of course, what I'm, to understand this mistake, let's give a marshal. A person could be sitting by a table. And there are foods on the table, basar, tapuchi adama, meat and potatoes and orez, rice, v'chadayma and so on. He sits by the table and he sees all of these foods. However, when it comes time and he wants to eat the foods that are on the table, he's told that he has no permission to eat these foods. He can't. When he asks once again, could I eat these? They answer him, what do you, what's the matter? What's missing? What's, what, what are you lacking? All the foods are on the table, the meat, the potatoes, the rice, everything is here. Why do you have to eat them? Everything is here, you don't have to eat them. You know very well, and you can look for yourself and see that all the foods are here, and you know that completely. And you see all of the foods. So what's lacking? What are you lacking? What are you missing? Here's everything. You see everything. So that's it. The fact, it's clear, that the fact that he knows that there's food on the table, and that he sees the food, that does not satiate the soul. That does not fill the belly. The fact that he knows about it, and that you can see it with his eyes, does not have anything to do with his health and his nutrition. <coughs> as long as a person only knows about something, but the food itself is outside of his body, he's not, he does not eat this and he doesn't consume this, he's, he's not full, he's empty. 
only when the food enters into the person's body and the food also becomes digested in the person's body then he feels good then it's a mechai with this marshal we could understand a little bit of the nimshal when the Chazanish wrote at the end of that letter the main thing is to know for whom you're doing all of these things for whose sake you're doing all these mitzvahs to think about this and to remember there, there is the, the knowledge or the information that a person has there is a person whose Yiddishkeit is like this individual who's sitting by a table and he knows that there's all this delicious food but he doesn't eat the food for whatever reason he's not able to eat the food he knows about it but that doesn't fill him if anything it makes him feel more empty but he doesn't he certainly doesn't get satiated he doesn't feel satisfied by the fact that he knows about the food and he can't eat it there are certain things that we know and the knowledge doesn't remain outside of us but the, but the knowledge is eaten the knowledge becomes part of us it becomes, it becomes absorbed into our very being there's a knowledge that a person has that's like a food that you eat and it's in your body and it becomes part of your kishkis it goes into your kishkis Everybody knows that, that all that we're doing is for God. Everybody knows that Shabbos is for God. Everybody knows that the Chesed thing is for God, and that this is for God, and that to teach the children, and to have children. Everybody knows it's all for Hashem. Everybody knows that. So everybody, everybody has that information. There's no question. When this information, when this piece of knowledge, when it's just a general type of knowledge, that a person knows this. But he doesn't think about this. He doesn't he doesn't contemplate this. All the time. Then this knowledge or this information remains something outside of the person. And that, of course, explains as we spoke about in earlier uh, in the earlier um, sections of the Sefer, that explains why a person's behavior could be so completely inconsistent with what he knows. It's so unbelievably inconsistent. There are things that we know that are clear to us, and, that, and there's not, absolutely no question regarding our belief in certain things, and yet our behavior is completely inconsistent with that, with that information. Because when you know something, but it hasn't been incorporated into who you are and it's not on your mind it's not something you're thinking about all of the time so then so then obviously that behavior would the behavior of the person is inconsistent with what he knows could you imagine if there would be if there would be a mother whose uh, whose child was, was let's say god forbid there was an operation that day and the child was being operated on and during the operation the mother the mother decided that she would under no circumstances, miss her appointment with her, you know, her trainer in the gym, because she's worried about fitting into some you know, gown by uh, by a niece's, you know, bus mitzvah in three weeks. Anybody would say, you know, do you know that your child, do you know that your child is being operated on at this time? What do you think? Of course, I know that my child is being operated on. Why are you in the, Why are you in the gym if your child is being operated on? 
So if she, even if she would answer, no, that's okay because um, because the housekeeper, I left the housekeeper with, is, is in the hospital. So, so none of us none of us would be able to understand that. What are you crazy? Your child? What are you, what are you doing here? So he says she would say, I know what I know that my child's being operated on it, operated on it, and 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 we would say to her that apparently that knowledge and the way that you're behaving right now, that you're that you're working out someplace in the gym. That this, that there's a terrible inconsistency that that knowledge apparently is not something which has much of an effect or impact upon you, because of course any normal healthy uh, mother would be would be crying and saying to him and begging Hashem for help and sitting next to the child and holding the child's hand, right? So there are many things that a person knows, but the knowledge is external; it's not internalized. So that's what the Chazanish when he said that a person should remember. To remember for whose sake, before whom, before in whose presence are you doing these things? He wasn't talking about knowing in a general way, which everybody says, what do you think? I don't know that it is God. What do you think? One of my stam, one of my stam telling, sending my kid to yeshiva, I could save thousands of dollars if I sent the kid to public school. You think I don't know that? I know that. But then there are things in your life that, that, that betray that knowledge, that go against that knowledge. And you yourself, by your own admission, are spending a, a, a huge amounts of money to send your kid to yeshiva and to receive a Jewish education. And yet there's so many inconsistencies in how you're raising the child in ways with many things that are against that very education that you're spending so much money for. How do you explain that? No. So there is knowledge that's general knowledge, but it doesn't become consumed and eaten by the person. Ha'adam lo chai im the person doesn't live with this thought. He doesn't live with this with this knowledge, with this awareness. Velotoemosa and doesn't taste it. It's like a person who knows that this food is here. But he doesn't eat it. Any knowledge that a person has. But he doesn't think about it. He doesn't contemplate it. And he doesn't live mamish with this thought, with this knowledge. All it is is an intellectual awareness. It is not a heartsicker. It is not a heartfelt knowledge. It hasn't been eaten. Intellectual, intellectual awareness or knowledge. Who ba'alma? It means it's a piece of information. You know, you can know about the Russian Revolution, and you can know about other there are million, there are million things that a person could, depending upon the capacity of his mind to, to understand and to recall. But that's a yidiyah ba'alma. He knows that. Sha'ikar chasman ha'seferba. But the main thing is missing. The main ingredient is missing. Ikar avaydas ha'adam. The main avaydas ha'adam. The essence of man's service. That this what the Chazan Ish wrote in that letter to remember before in whose presence you are doing all of these things for whom you are working. This must become an inner awareness. This has to be something that you know and you understand that it's your life, it's your whole chiyus. Your life depends on this. That's why we're going to see in a few pages where the Tzaddik writes, well, I just want to mention here for a second, 
that that when it, therefore when it comes to when it, it, when it comes to this level of awareness, even if you have let's say if you have a bad uh, experience or you have a bad day or you have some sort of a you know you slip up in something, you don't you don't throw in the towel because you know that it's you know that it's your life. It's like you imagine a person that would like you know that that on a certain day wasn't feeling well and said well you know. My health, you know, yesterday wasn't so good. So at this point, there's no tachlis in my taking care of myself. No, you understand that your whole chiyus is depending upon taking, you know, the medication and doing what you have to and, and, and taking care of your health. The fact that there was an episode doesn't create a setback uh, in your in your general approach to life, which is you want to live. Similarly, when you have a person that says, "Well, I don't know, you know, I really I tried being really firm for you know six months and it didn't really work out so well." That's like you know I tried you know I tried majoring biology and it wasn't for me, it didn't work out. That's not that's not something that your life depends on. When it's your chiyas and you know that it's your chiyas, it could be that you fail at something a billion times. But if you if you live for that and if that's what your life is, there's no question of giving it up. You you can't throw in the towel. You can only throw in the towel on things that are not essential to life. Like whether you major in biology or whether you major in history, something that's so it's not essential to life. Whether you want to, you enjoy this, you like that, or you want to, you can make a panosa this way, you want to make a panosa that, okay, whatever you like. But that's not essential to life. But but when it comes to being alive, when it comes to being alive, no matter how many times there have been th- things in your life that have threatened that state of being alive, that doesn't mean that you're throwing the towel. Unless God forbid you've given up hope, and that's called suicide. But otherwise, a person. A person knows it. This is my chiyas. This is my chiyas. It's not a question of, you know, that this mitzvah didn't work out for me, so I guess it's fulfilled. What do you mean it's fulfilled? This mitzvah didn't work out? It's not, it's not something that, like, it's not extra. It's not optional. It's not something, it's your life. And if you recognize it as the essence of your life, no matter how many times you fail at it, you just keep on plugging away. Because that's what you have to do to live. It's a whole different way of living. It's a whole different way of thinking about Yiddishka. It's a whole different way of learning and davening and mitzvahs. No matter how many times a person fails, if it's something which is essentially his life, he just keeps on going. Can you imagine if you had like, I mean, people feel this way, but it's totally crazy that if you have a mice where, you know, you had an incident with a child and you, and you, know, you felt really bad and you, you, you yelled at your kid or something, and then the next day the kid comes to breakfast and you say, I'm, and I'm sorry, I, I abdicate the throne of being a parent because I really bashed up last night. You'll have to go someplace else for breakfast. And now it's finished. I, I, it's profound. My, my parenting is done. There's no such thing. You never finish. You never finish with your parenting until your last breath, till 120. There's no such thing. As long as you're alive with God's help and the child's alive with God's help, there's, there's no such thing. There's no such thing. That's that's your chiyus. That's who you are. Same thing when it comes to Yiddishkeit. It's not something which is additional. When you live in this way, it's not a, a piece of information that. You pick up and you throw away. If it's good, if it's bad, on Elias and you read this, I'm having a good day, a bad day. You just have to keep you have to keep on trying. Because that's your chiz. That's what he says. In order that this knowledge be eternalized, in order that this information of what the Khazanish wrote to remember for whose sake you're doing all of this, in order that this that this not remain, God forbid, some external 
piece of intellectual awareness or information, but but it becomes the essence of who you are. It becomes internalized. You have to begin by practically getting involved in the habit of thinking about this all the time, on a regular basis, at least to begin a certain amount of time a day. To begin. You could try that sentence, whether you like it in Hebrew or in English. Those are holy words, they're from the Chazanish, and it certainly is very, very good. We'll see inside the in the Fudstat in a second some other you know way of, you know uh, of, of trying to help ourselves with this. To remember to think about this on a very simple level, in a very simple way throughout the day that there's a Creator of the world. When your thoughts, when you get into the habit, and your thoughts are able to constantly be coming back to this point of this simple truth. With this simple truth and this thought that there's a creator. Slowly but surely. Slowly but surely these words and what you're, and what you're saying and what you're thinking slowly but surely will begin to penetrate into, your, into the depths of your heart. This knowledge that there's a creator. And then, even though it might have started that way, but you kept on working at it and saying the words and trying to think about it, then it will no longer be just something which is a yidiyas ha-seichel, some intellectual knowledge. It becomes heart knowledge. And when this becomes heart knowledge, then you begin to live with this yidiyah with this knowledge, and then you begin to coordinate your life to accommodate that reality. Then you begin to live a life that fulfills that heartfelt truth that you know, as opposed to constantly thinking of ways, how could I avoid Yiddishkeit and still not go to Gehenna, you know? Like still like end up with my grandparents or something, you know, not get in trouble. But, but what, can I get, what can I get away with? You know, how can I get out of this business? as much as possible. What could I get away with? But this person, the person who lives with this, all he wants to do and all she wants to do is to be able to is to be able to do more and more and more that will give more and more of this chiyas expression. You live with this thought and this thought gives you life. It mamish gives you life. It gives you unbelievable joy. It gives you energy. It gives you a simcha. You know, if you if you go nowadays into into a school, I would like to say it's not not into a yeshiva, only in, only if it would be in a public school or you know something. But unfortunately, it's 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 in, it's creeping into our world also. And you look at young people and you see just how they you just see the demeanor, how they walk. You see how they walk. And I told you once before that, that till this day, my father says to me, stand up, why you walk like an altar? What's the matter with you? Why are you dragging? I wasn't allowed to drag my feet. When I, when I, was, when I would walk, if you drag my, my father says, that's not that. What are you walking like an old man? And when you see, you see kids nowadays, very often, I'm not talking about the little, little ones. The little ones are always dancing and running. <laughs> dancing. Because they... Cause they to them it's so simple and clear. 
But once they get to the time, you know, it's it's getting younger, but the teenagers and so on, you see, and you see like the, it's just in the walk, in the demeanor, in the way that they carry themselves. There's no chiz. There's missing a uh, chiz. There's missing life. That's missing chiz. And and this idea that Sadik says tichayehu, it mamish gives you life. Gives you purpose. Every second of your life is filled with so much meaning and so much purpose and so much significance. And you're never you're never lonely, no matter no matter where you are, no matter what you're going through. You're never ever lonely. The world suffers terribly from loneliness. You're never lonely. And you're never alone. And you're never and you're never lonely. You talk to people. Everybody's lonely. There's such loneliness. You have kids that that have that have. You know, a hundred friends, and they're the they're the life of the party. And you get the kid, and you talk to the kid by himself. He says, "It's a broken, it's a broken, and the shem broken with loneliness." No, doesn't have a close friend. Doesn't have a, a deep connection with parents. Doesn't. There's, there's something. There's something missing. This this way of living, but ikaliskal if they it's mechayi a person. It gives a person chiz. It gives a person life. Okay, that's not why we have to live that way, but that's one of the fringe benefits. Tzadik bemanaso yechia. That's what it means in the pasuk. That tzadik lives with his faith. Which the Svarim Hakadoshim say, yechia means that the tzadik's faith gives him life. The faith of the tzadik. That's what gives him his life. That's his chiz. That the tzaddik receives life from this, from this faith that he has, this knowledge that he has, that there's a bari elam, there's a creator of the world. When a person knows something intellectually, it's very hard to squeeze any chiyas out of some intellectual thing. It's very hard not to say not to say it's not good to know things, but it's to this chiz. It's very hard to get chiz. A little bit you can get from an intellect, but it's very 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 hard to squeeze a chiz out from something that's that's just intellectual. Ulam kasha but when the idea is the idea, when it's heart knowledge, azai ha'adam yoynik is chiyusam and ha'idia hapshute shiyesh ba'elam. And the person draws his life force and his energy from this simple knowledge that there's a creator of the world. Maybe somebody could think of a way that we can get this into the curriculum of, the, of, of our children's yeshivas and the basiakas and the schools to get this point across. To get this point across. The difference between Yediya Sikhlis and Yediya Salev and, 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 how to, and, and how to get that to the children. It's something that my wife and I cry about. Yemen Belayla Mamish. How to how to how to get this across and, and, and who's ready to listen to this? Who's ready to listen? If you look at the first added page. This is from this is from the same author of Bilvavi, the Sefer Shni Talaas. Shni Talaas. Uh, and I, I wanted you to see this. 
I wanted you to see this because this can be very helpful in, 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 in giving us some di- practical direction of how we could of how we could be, we could work on these things uh, to supplement what we're learning to give us some practical some practical tips. So look at ice tests. You see there the test that's circled. Well, they're all circled, but that's the only test that's circled. <laughs> Rabbanu Shalom, Reis Beis Ein means Master of the Universe. Rabbanu Shalom, Ani Makabel Alatzmi Bli Neder, I accept upon myself Bli Neder. Lenasa is Lizka B'Chol Pam, to try, to try, to remember every time. I accept upon myself to try to remember each time that I go to learn your Holy Torah. Lo Lahaschil Lomod Miyad Bistama. That I will never begin to learn Stam. I'll never just open up the Sefer and start to learn. I'm going to try never to just open up a Sefer and learn. Never to just go to a Shia and just, just listen. Ella, Hashem, I accept upon this ugly nether. Before any time I sit down to learn or to hear something in learning, I'm going to speak to you first. To speak to you. I'm going to say to you. Master of the world. I'm about to go and learn your holy Torah. And why am I going to do this? You can go past the parentheses. You see, after it says to why am I going to do this? In the parentheses, he just says that even though we're not completely in the beginning, certainly we don't feel this completely, but by saying it, we'll come to feel it much more. Why am I going to learn your Holy Torah? I'm going to learn your Holy Torah because I want to be close to you. I want to be attached to you. And by being involved in this Torah that I'm about to learn, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, Hashem, I'm showing you that I want to get closer to you. We could have every Rebbe say this and say this together with the boys in Yeshiva every day. In this Nusuch, a different Nusuch. To say it with the girls in school, this nusach or different nusach. You know, I'll tell you, there's no time. It doesn't fit into the curriculum. It doesn't fit in. It's not. Oh, all right. I don't want to be cynical. It's not nice. So, I haven't given up hope, Chasasham. And, and, and I, I'm trying not to give up. It's, it's uh, sometimes it's it's hard, but there are so so many wonderful wonderful people that I think that if I'm not talking about I'm not talking about on the administration level there. It's a very very precious thing to find someone that that that's, that has his head on straight. I'm talking about teachers, Rebbeim and Morris, who are for the most part extraordinary, unbelievable people. They just don't know about these things, and they they don't they're not quite sure what to do and how to proceed. And and once they know, and there's not some there's not some administrator standing in the way, so it's 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 unbelievable how much can be accomplished. Children are so so open to these things. They're so excited and willing, and, and they want so desperately to to get closer to Hashem. By learning this Torah, I want to get close to you. I want to get near to you. help me that I should be zayichet to this. Help me that I should be zayichet to this. Can you imagine if a, if a boy grows up learning Torah this way? 
there's been there have been some articles, a series of articles recently in the Mishpacha magazine over the last couple of weeks that I know because my wife, like I see her getting really annoyed and and like she's all upset about, not about she's she's happy that somebody is actually writing about the whole the whole shidduch scene. The last the last four issues or so of the Mishpacha magazine has been about about the frustration of many of the single girls about how these uh, you'll excuse me, most of these good for nothing, nobody, yeshiva bachram, who could barely read a Gemara also, have have uh, lists of meidlach and have all kinds of expectations that if the girl weighs an extra four pounds, she's crossed off the list. Or if the girl of the girl's father is short, you know, uh, a half a million, you know, a small change, then, then she's off the list. And all the rest of this garbage that's coming out from the institutions that are supposed to raise holy Jews. And and if you would if you would read, they're, they're, I'm really quite amazed that they're printing some of these things. They're not printing, they're obviously not printing the exact lashon of most of the letters because he said that they're receiving hundreds of letters about this because there are people who are very angry, and they write when you write in an angry tone, you know you have to be careful what you print, obviously. And there's a lot of anger with the yeshivas and the rishi yeshivas and so on. But how are these boys being taught? Taught? What are they being told? How could it be that it, that that these are the these are the ideals of a generation? Not God forbid all, but many, many, many. You know, they wanted to say first. He wanted to say there's just a few and far apart. But all the letters are saying, "What do you mean? That's everybody we meet is like that. That's what's going on. What do you mean? It's like a few. There are like a few guys like this. This is the Bederach Klal is like this. There are exceptions to this, but Bederach Klal, it's extremely disheartening." So how could there be such a disconnect between the Torah that a Jew learns and, and, the, and the Midas of a person? And you think that by advertising that in this school we're going to teach Midas Torahs, that that's all that it takes because some teacher gets on a blackboard and tells you the halachas of having their hearts? It's because it's, there's a Yiddishkeit without the Rebbein Shalom that's happening. It's a Yiddishkeit without Hashem's Baruch. It's a, it's a Yiddishkeit without what we spoke about last week, with any of that warmth and all that's real. It's, it's not Rav Moshe Feinstein anymore. It's not Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky. It's just a different world. Rav Moshe Feinstein, he had no tolerance for Rav Yaakov. These were unbelievable tzaddikim. The way that they saw Jews and the way they understood what a, what a, what a Jewish girl was and, what a, and, and, and how important it is, what's, what's important in a Jewish family. And there are seri- these are serious problems. When you're, trying, when you're teaching Torah and the Torah is being taught 13, 14, 15 hours a day, and the Ben Shalom is not part of it. He's not brought into that experience of learning Torah. What does the Yiddishkeit produce? It can produce somebody that looks like a Ben Torah, and he has and he has all the right clothing of the Ben Torah, and he ha- he says he spews out all the right hashkafos. You know, he 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 hates Lubavitch, and he hates and he uh, and he's angry about this Rosh Hashiva from another yeshiva, and he doesn't uh, what? Yeah, right. He's got he's got no, he he's saying over all the all the right hashkafos. You know, he, he says all the right hashkafos, but and he looks down upon somebody that that you know wears a knitted yarmulke and he, and and, uh, and he look, He's got all those things, but the the and the and, and the sweetness of the Jew. Again, I'm not saying that this is that this is. A, a typical picture, but there's a lot more of these that have been, that have been coming out lately. And then you wonder, because you, you meet Jews from the from our parents' generation that didn't have an opportunity to go to yeshiva. You meet like these, you know, sometimes you, you meet these sweet like Amer. I'm not talking about European Jews. That was last week's conversation. But you meet a, you meet an American, you know, a 70 year old American Jew that grew up in the Lower East Side. You know what I'm talking about? That 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 you know. 
that didn't 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 know about that didn't know about like you know, how, you know you shouldn't have like you know mixed dances or something and they didn't know about this stuff they they, they didn't learn about these things and but the hergish the hergish of a Jew well, and the derecheres and the sweetness and the goodness and the sensitivity for other Jews that you see in these people and they didn't learn they didn't learn and they'll be the first to tell you that they don't know anything and they'll sit down they'll sit down and they'll listen to a shia from a twenty year old kid right. In total humility. You'll see this all the time. You'll see an 80-year-old Jew sitting by a 20-year-old kid learning, hearing a shia. Try, try to get a typical, a typical, you know, uh, yeshiva bacha to hear from another guy who's a year older than him. And uh, you're telling me? <laughs> who are you to tell me? It's a pachad. Islam is something which is frightening. Again, I'm not saying this is a general picture, but there's a lot of it that's going on. The humility the simple humility that comes from that awareness that there's a creator and that I live in order to serve the creator in the way that I know how. So a lot of these Jews, they didn't, they didn't know much more. They didn't learn much more. But they, well, what they knew, they tried to do and they tried to keep. And it's amazing. That gets them to shul on time. That gets them, that gets them to be able to daven. Right? You see, it's going to be Ben Hasmanim now. The yeshivas are off. And you can see... Maybe the, how many of the Bachim are going to go? We're trying to get to Minyanim at ten o'clock in the morning. To, to try to get nine, ten o'clock in the morning. Try the whole because the is, this, is there anything wrong with davening? It's, those are the ones that are going to shul. Is there anything so horrible to go ten o'clock in the morning? I'm not saying it's horrible. There are problems with the halacha, obviously, with the times of davening. But that's not the point. The point is, it wasn't it wasn't by our parents. It wasn't by our parents. Nobody had to be standing. There was no Ben Hazmanah by my father and by your fathers, those who come from religious homes. There was no Ben Hazmanah. His father just had a responsibility and he took care of it. And that's it. We know that. Those who grew up in religious homes know whether it was from a European home or whether you had American Orthodox parents, your father knew this. And it was something that he knew that he had to do the same way that he had to eat and he had to sleep and he had to provide for his family. A Jew goes to shul, finished. And you don't go to shul 10 o'clock in the, in the morning. Morning, it's not even whatever that is. You don't go ten o'clock because it's without because it's a Yiddish kite without the Bible, without the Creator of the world. So he says that this is what the person should start thinking. And while you're learning, I want to remember. Of course, you have to concentrate on what you're learning. You can't think of this all the time, but from time to time, to stop for a second and to remember. Why am I learning? Why am I doing this? What, am I doing this to say some, some, some smart thing, you know, like uh, to give a speech or to say something fancy, to outsmart somebody? What am I, why am I doing this? You know, sometimes, sometimes when, I, when I'm talking, I do a lot of that, unfortunately. When I'm talking someplace publicly, so sometimes I'll be standing up and, I, and, and I'm sharing this with you. I feel like I'm friends with you, so I could share. You know, sometimes I'm standing in front of, I'll be in front of like a couple hundred people. And then I have this crazy thing, like when I, I'm talking. And then in the middle, I start, I start to think. And it, this, this sometimes maybe there'll be hesitation because it comes out. Maybe it's a split second. But I'm thinking, like, what are we doing? Why are we all doing this? What, 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 why is everybody here? And why am I saying these things? Why am I saying these things? And why are you listening to these things? And what's the tachlis of all of this? What's the tachlis? And I think about it. And, and, and then, you know, there, there have been times that I just want to stop in the middle and say, look, 
The bottom line is, I'm just trying to say, That's really what I'm trying to say. And and I don't know, like, what, what am I talking like? There's so more proofs that it, to try to prove more to myself, to you, that there's one God that we have to serve Him and to be and to be humble and to stop talking so much and to just, we should all just serve Hashem as Baruch. But of course, that's a split second. These kind of thoughts go through my head, and and, and then I say, no, Hashem is Ratzon is that, that that we delight in His Torah and we try to explain His Torah, but but that's a, you know you feel that sometimes that a lot of times just uh, while, while I'm while I'm talking, what's the talkless? You know, another another drush, another speech into into this, into that, into that's. <coughs> What Chazani said is, is to remember l'shnei ata amel. For whose in whose presence are we living, and for whose sake are we living, and what are we? What's the tachlis of our lives? And how and how do you get that across? How do you make that point? And why does it have to be? Why does it have to be enclosed in so many thoughts and ideas? And why does it have to be dressed up in so many concepts when really the ikir the ikir is so simple. It's so simple to hear. You know, and I tell my wife that sometimes I feel like I just, you know, I just, you know, I can't, I can't even say that I like to run off like to a kibbutz someplace because my wife knows that I hate, you know, getting my feet, shoot, my shoes dirty and working outdoors. <laughs> like I like to think like I'm this, you know, type that could go to the, but I, I'm just not. I like, I really like air conditioning and carpet and stuff. So, but I, I you know, I imagine for a second by it that I'd be a lot happier like in some village, you know, being just a peasant. Uh, in some village, and, and, and just you know, stop trying to explain this, and just just to live this way, and stop explaining it so much, and talking about it. You know how much how much can you talk about the Indian? It's all Shema Yisrael Hashem Alkeinu Hashem Achad. It's it's all Shema Yisrael. It's really it's all that it is. And but try the Baruch wants us to, to all of us to try with ourselves, with our friends, with our children to try to explain and to and to be to bring it down and to try to give examples and to use and to show, but. But it, you know, it comes to a point that you you know sometimes you just stop and you think that if it could only if we just could have simply to live that way in a simple way and to be and to be quiet and to, to, to not not to talk so much and to just be simple. But this is this is the mitzvahs that we're in. This is part of the the galus that we're in. So he says that a person even during during the learning. Should think about this. How many roads? Let's go. B'chol pam aduah hini yarsek. Lekach pam lechatsi shor leerech. Hini writes a list of us. And sometimes, sometimes, you know, a person let's say once every half hour, he says, okay, whatever, like once a half hour to stop for a second to have this thought when you're learning. Of course, this is. He says, as you get used to it, you're able to do this in a second. It doesn't take long. It doesn't take you away from what you're learning. It takes a second. After the parentheses, Shadavi Yechayetzli. Says Hashem, help me that that what I'm learning should be alive inside of me. It should be alive. Shakol Mashin Yilomed Hu Bechdei Lios Karvilach. Hashem, everything that I'm learning, it should only it's only for the purpose of getting closer to you. Lo Es Yaish Emesh Karzos. And I'm not going to give up hope if I forget this from time to time. And I said, Bli Neder Li Zacher Bezer Bechol Pan. Bli Neder, I'll try again to remember this whenever I can. And I beg, I beg you, Hashem, help me, and remind me of this. If I can't, if I'm having a hard time, remind me. 
until this becomes firmly, firmly established and fixed within me. He continues in Yud. This is when we're learning Torah. This is this is what we should think about. Same thing when it comes to davening. I was talking about davening last week in the Chabura, you know, in the, in, in, in Friday morning in the Chabura. So I think it was Friday morning. One of the fellows said, so I was talking about how we have, there's a big problem with davening, with the work on it. So he so he asked me, he raised his hand, so he said, so, you know, he was something that, that, that really just started coming recently. So he asked, so do you suggest that we buy some more books explaining the davening? And I said that, that I said that, you know, that's not, that's not the yesod. That's not the point to get more books to explain the davening. And that's very, very nice because Hashem loves, wants us to learn the Torah. And that's a very nice thing, but that's not, ultimately, that's not what's going to help us with the davening. I'm sorry. It could help. It could, listen, understanding something, like you said, when you understand something intellectually, it always, it always helps, of course. And certainly Hashem wants us to learn what davening means and deeper thoughts and so on. That's all true. But that's only something that could enrich and add to your davening if your davening is filled with this with this filling thought of the Barelma, the Creator. But that's not but it's not a class in tefillah. And that's why the last few years I've turned down every request that I get. And it sounds horrible. Every request that I get from different shuls to come and please to give you know a, a shear on the Indian of Davening. So I, I you know I'm not you know on the Siddur and Davening says, you know they're having a yomiyun, like, you know, I said, tefillah, yomiyun, they're making a thing in tefillah, and there's a lot of talking during davening, so the rabbi says, you know, uh, maybe we, if we have a special day, and we're going to talk about, you know, different parts of davening, what they mean, and it's all with good intentions. I just feel like the same feeling that I expressed to you five minutes ago. I just, I can't talk about it. And that's why I, I, I said recently, right, that tzaris, you know, with children in the community, tzaris, with health and tzaris, and, and I was talking to a very, a very chash of a friend of mine who was a principal who, who mamish cares and loves Jews. Wasn't the, one, of the, one of the types that I was describing before. Mamish loves the boys. And we were talking about the tsars. And so he wanted to know, like, are there any things to, to, to learn and what to say and this Indian of how to deal and how to cope with, it, with a classmate who's not well or Elena or with the tsars. You hear a child, Nebuchadnezzar was a child that, that, that died. Mm. So, how do the friends cope? And, 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 you know, what I told him, really, what I told him was, we spoke about this for a while, and what I told him was to learn with them Belvavi Mishkan Evna. To learn with them this safe. I said, because the, the, the issue is not how to cope. The issue is to believe in Hashem's Baruch, to have a When a Jew is a mammon, when, you have, when your faith is strong, you can cope with anything. The problem with the kids is the same as the adults. That, well, that, that everything was going really nice and everything was going just great. And anything that wasn't great, you just tell daddy and he pays to make it great, yeah? And, and then all of a sudden something happens that even if daddy has a lot of money, he can't fix, you know? And then, and then what? So then a person, even these little kids, have to look inward. And if God forbid there's nothing there, then, then of course they can't cope. They can't cope. Our parents and grandparents, the tsarists, tsarists that we can't imagine, not everybody coped, not uh, fooling ourselves. But when the amuna, when the amuna is a healthy, strong amuna, Hashem's Baruch should never give us difficulties, we should never be tested. 
But when the moon is healthy and strong, a person can cope. So what people are looking for is, are there any coping skills or coping techniques? There probably are in secular literature. I haven't read any of that. I don't recall reading on that subject. But, well, there was, if you read Viktor Frankl's writings, but he, I can't call him a, even though he wasn't Shem Mitzvah, I can't say he was secular. He was a, he was a big mammon in Hashem. But, how to cope? What's the terrors? Yeah. We don't, the, we're missing the belief in Hashem. The kids don't believe in God. They don't believe in God and their teachers don't believe in God. I don't mean to say that they don't officially say that they believe in God. But that's exactly learning. They have that as a piece of information. A piece of information is not going to keep you going after your best friend died. If it's just a, a piece of information, that doesn't keep you going. But if God is your life and you live with that amuna, then the, then the kashas, there are no kashas. If you don't have amuna, then, then everything's a kasha. Yes, what do you mean? How could it be that this boy died? How could it be that this boy died? It can't be. Six million Jews died. Millions of them were children. That you were able to accept. You were able to live with that. But you can't understand how could it be that, that a kid from down the block died lower lane. No. Ella what? Since this hits home, this hits home, you, ha you have to come to terms with it. And when a person looks inside of himself and he doesn't see the Rabbanish alone and he feels alone and he's left he's left with this unbelievable, unbelievable sorrow, this pain. So what's he supposed to do? It's not a point of having classes on davening. It's not a point of having, you know, uh, seminars on coping and stuff like that. And that's that's why uh, I try as much as possible to get out of these kind of vinyanam and, I, and I'm oftentimes like pulled into them and I don't know what to do because... I really, like I said a minute ago, I just want to say Shema Yisrael Hashem HaKan Hashem That's all. What else is there to do? That's what our ancestors did and that's what we have to do. To be simple and to, and to be mamin. And if we have problems with the and to learn to become mamin. And, and we can. That's what we're doing. We're trying to do that. And to build up our amunah. To have his chaskis and amunah. And when a person has his chaskis and amunah, then nothing in the world can shake him. Nothing will look at even if he gets a smack, he gets knocked down and he picks himself back up. But if you have nothing on that day when you get smacked, then almost everybody gets smacked. If you have nothing on that day when you get smacked, then how are you supposed to pick yourself up? Then you then you then you crawl on the floor and you and you and you're begging some 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 professor or some teacher or some therapist or somebody to, to pull you up out of that place and, and you don't have the inner kaichas to pull yourself up out of the place and in fact children are not being taught emuna and they don't learn the language of Amunah, and they don't think the thoughts of Amunah. And the, the Yiddishkeit is, is one without God, so then when it comes down to it, on that day when you get hurt, or someone that you love is hurt, then you're empty. You're empty. So he says, this is the whole davening. So he says, what's the davening? A person should say, When you come to, into davening, you say, I want to remember that I'm davening in order to get close to you. When I come to shul, I'm not going to start davening right away. Before I daven, I want to speak to you. I want to tell you. 
Shatachlis atfilah shali, that the whole tachlis of my davening. Why do I want to daven? Because I want to be near you. I don't know exactly how, but you told me that by my davening, by speaking to you, it'll make me closer to you. I'm about to daven to you. For the purpose of getting close to you. And during the davening, he writes a list because I want to remember this during davening. By learning. Same thing when it comes to doing an act of kindness. Chesed. Everybody here is doing so many kind things and good things. When you're about to do an act of kindness, a chesed for a friend or for another Jew, you're about to do an act of chesed. Don't just give a check. Don't just give some money into the pushka to give to a poor person or whatever. Any chesed that you do. I will stop and pause for a second. And I will say to you, Hashem, that I am doing this chesed so that I can get closer to you, so that I can be near to you. That's why I'm doing this act of chesed. Because if it was just a question of the poor person eating, like the morale says, Hashem could take care of the poor person. He doesn't need you. So why did he tell you to give money to the poor person? So that you can get close to the master of the world. Because Hashem, Hashem could take care of poor people. He wants us to do that. Because by us doing that, we become like Him. And by us being God-like, we learn to love Him and to want to be close to Him. Otherwise, the Baruch Hashem could take care of His people. He doesn't have to make anybody poor. And doesn't have, this one doesn't have to be rich. There are other ways the Baruch Hashem could take care of the world. But He made a world like this. All of that, all of that is for tachlis of getting closer to Hashem. And we're, we're, going to, we're going to continue Bez Hashem after Yantiv. And... And the uh, I don't know how the exact date, but you'll get it. Uh, I guess when is that? It's, it's, it's like a long time. It's already going to be May. No? So we'll continue. We'll continue then. Uh, again, and there are a lot of a lot of practical techniques, and we'll fill in sometimes from the other form of the tzaddik to help us to get to get more and more on, on this path. Everybody should have a lichtig of freilich yontiv, a simchas yontiv. We should be able to eat the kram pesach together in Yerushalayim.